We're going to be in 1 Thessalonians 4. If you want to turn there. You know, to start with, I want you to just look at the screen. And this is Hebrews 12, 14. This verse says, Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I, I want us, why don't you just think about that for a second? Because I think for, for some of us, that could be a really scary phrase. And we're going to talk about that. Um, I think for some of us, when we hear the word holiness or holy, um, it has negative connotations. As I was thinking of the negative connotations, I, I think for some people, holy or holiness, you don't have to raise your hand, no, probably means ladies walking around in long dresses with makeup or people not having any fun or um, image that came into my mind was kind of the old Puritan picture of, you know, a religious school setting where there's kids, you know, fastidiously working on their, their lessons and behind them is the school marm or the schoolmaster with a long stick with a little, you know, string on the end of it to, to nail them if they, if they aren't paying attention to their studies. Um, holiness. Um, maybe it comes up with the idea of somebody that's a spoil sport or somebody that, holy, what does holy mean? We're going to talk about this this morning because without holiness, it says no one will see the Lord. That's a, that's a really strong phrase. And, and so as we come into the, the sermon this morning, I want you to think how important holiness will be in your life. But maybe the first question is, how much do you want to see the Lord? That's really the question. And that's really what I want to entice us and allure us with this morning is this thought of, do I want to see the Lord? And, and the word see really means experience. Do I want to experience the Lord? Because I think so many of us have, have abandoned the thought of experience the Lord because we think he's just a spoiler of fun. And the only thing that really can bring fun is sin. And all that the world has to offer, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And, and so that's what we're wholeheartedly going after because we've lost sight of the fact that, that experiencing the Lord is the most incredible, amazing, beautiful thing that we could ever have. And that's why we want to be holy. So with that introduction, I'd like us to pray. And then I'm going to start off with a contrast to help us think about this. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray that you would open our eyes again to see you and your beauty and your creativity and your power and, and your love and your grace and, and just how amazing you are, how incredible you are, that you are God and that we can know you. And that you might put within us this morning afresh just this longing that we want to be holy people so that we can know you and experience you. 
and be done with all the, the fleeting temporary things that leave us so empty, <laughs> that we think are so fun and so incredible, and they leave us empty over and over and over again because, because they just don't. They just don't cut it. God, open our eyes and our hearts this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to, to don't get caught in the details of this illustration, but I want, you to, I want you to get the contrast of this, okay? As, you, as that phrase, without holiness, no one will see the Lord, okay? Um, way back in the 1800s, there was a man by the name of D.L. Moody. Somebody challenged him, his name was Henry Varley, and he said, the, the world is yet to see a man who is through whom God can do anything because he is wholly dedicated to the Lord. And D.L. Moody in his heart said, I want to be that man. And he became a man through whom God <laughs> brought to salvation thousands of people in the United States and Europe. But more than that, he was a man that incredibly knew God, experienced God. One time D.L. Moody was, as he was praying, God, I want to know you. God, I want to experience you. He was walking on the streets of Chicago where he lived. And, and, and the Holy Spirit just came upon him so powerfully. It says that he had to rush to the home of a friend and, and ask God to stay his hand because the, the love of God was so overwhelming him and just pouring over him. And he was so just inundated by the love and the presence of God that he said, God, I'm going I'm to explode. D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was used by God to start a Bible school, which is called the Moody Bible Institute in downtown Chicago, right in the heart of Chicago. Um, little tidbit, my mom graduated from Moody Bible Institute. Um, and so this man who passionately longed to know God and knew God and experienced God started this school, Moody Bible Institute. Interestingly, my mom brought it to my attention a couple of weeks ago, an article about Moody Bible Institute. And this is what I want you to think about, okay? Don't get hung up on the details. But I want you to contrast this man, D.L. Moody. And let me just read a couple of quotes. This is what he said. He said, he said, next to the might of God or the power of God, the serene beauty of a holy life is the most powerful influence in the world. D.L. Moody said that. He said, where one man reads the Bible, a hundred read you and me. <laughs> he said, if we walk with the world, we can't walk with God. This is exactly what James says in James chapter 4. If we're a friend of the world, we're an enemy of God. We can't walk with both at the same time. He said, it's not necessary that we should be able to tell where and how we have been converted, but it is important that we should be able to tell that we are converted <laughs> by our lives. And then the last quote I have by him, he says, a holy life will produce the deepest impression. A holy life will produce the deepest impression. Now, thinking about D.L. Moody and that passion for holiness that led to him just powerfully experiencing God, consider what my mom brought to my attention a couple of weeks ago about Moody Bible Institute. 
one of the board members of Moody Bible Institute, um, one of the best-selling authors, Christian authors, has sold millions of books, made millions of dollars. Um, in recent years has become a professional poker player. And it's caused quite a stir um, at this school that Dale Moody founded. In fact, found out that most of the board members play poker at this school and, uh, and has won thousands of dollars doing it. Um, you know, which would be a lot to me and to you. I mean, he makes millions, so that's to him. He, he says it's really not about money because he doesn't really make that much money. He says, it's not something I make money at or lose money at, really. And this is what he said, I realize that people have an issue with it. But I enjoy doing it. Now this is the clincher for me that I just want you to I want you to think about as we think about without holiness no one will see the Lord. He said the admission the admission from him comes after the board of trustees he chairs instituted a new policy for employees. And the employee the, the new policy now permits gambling tobacco use and the consumption of alcohol for employees, although it's forbidden for the students. This is where it really kind of stirred me up. It's forbidden for the students because, because they, they want their students not just to be there studying and, and learning Bible and doing Bible ministry, but they want them to to learn how to live holy lives. And yet the employees don't have to do that. It's almost like they don't really think that there's anything wrong with those things. And yet their, their students can't do that because maybe they think there is something a little bit wrong with those things. And this is my question. I like, again, I don't want you to get caught up in the details of the specifics, but I want you to think about this question in light of this verse. Have they lost sight of God? You know, when I went to, to seminary, that was a couple hundred years ago, the, uh, one, of the, one of the things that was, that was the hardest for me as I got a wonderful education learn Bible languages and theology and Bible is when I, when I heard that one of my fellow students um, that had graduated just the year before me, as soon as he graduated, his wife divorced him saying, okay, I paid your way through school. Now I'm tired of you. He didn't really know the Lord. He just spent four years learning all kinds of languages and all kinds of information. And, and, and but it had just become information and, and a job. He, he didn't really know the Lord, it seemed. And, and, and as I read something like this, and I, and I think of the school that D.L. Moody founded, and I think, but they're, they're teaching all kinds of good information, and they're, they're directing students to do all kinds of good ministry, but, but are, they, are, they, are they wanting them to know the Lord? And, and obviously, I'm just asking a question so we can ask ourselves that question. 
has, has our Christianity or, or our relationship with God been reduced to, to a ritual or to information or something we're doing for the Lord or is our passion to know the Lord, to experience the Lord? And so we're going to ask ourselves three questions as we're going to look at uh, in First Thessalonians today. And as we think of, you know, the, the scene in Isaiah chapter 6 where the angels are, are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Do we see that glory and do we see that holiness? And, and does it create within us a, a longing to know him? Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Okay, last week, as, as we're in the midst of talking about the Holy Spirit, last week, uh, Daniel preached on regeneration. It's the truth that only through the power of the Holy Spirit can sinners be saved. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit can dead people, like it says in Ephesians chapter 2, be made alive in Christ. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit can spiritually blind people who, who, who look at the cross and think it's silliness, all of a sudden through the power of the Holy Spirit, they see the beauty of the Savior who once they thought was silliness and, and they're saved. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can be saved, regeneration. And so regeneration strips away any notion that we have to be good or that we can be good enough in God's eyes, to be accepted by him and to become a child of God, it, 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 it convinces us that salvation is absolutely supernatural. <laughs> it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're here this morning just, just to kind of capture regeneration and think that your good behavior or your good deeds or your own, own goodness or, or you being a good person you know, helping little old ladies across the street or giving money to the coffee oasis. If you think that those things, those good things, or your good deeds are, make you a good person in God's eyes, I'm sorry. Because the Bible says we've all sinned and, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God and, and we're lost and only through the power of the Holy Spirit can our eyes be opened and our, and our dead hearts be quickened and made alive. So we, what we saw was, was amazing. We now see as sinful. And what we before saw as silly or, or ridiculous or absurd, the cross, we now see as what saves us. That is, that is the power of the Holy Spirit and regeneration. So let's say we've, we've experienced the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. Christ has been made alive within us and, and we've come to faith in him and, and uh, everything's hunky-dory, right? I mean, it's just cruising from there. <laughs> well, that, that's not how it is. It's kind of like, as Daniel talked about last week, there's, there's our birth is physically... And, and babies don't do a whole lot except, right, eat, sleep, and poop. And, uh, 
and spiritual babies, it's kind of the same. This, after this regenerating work of the Holy Spirit and His power that opens our blind eyes to see and quickens our dead spiritually hearts to live, well, we're babies. And we've got all kinds of spiritual warts and wrinkles and kinks that's got to be worked out, right? This, that's in order to make us like Christ and make us holy, holy His so we can see him and experience him. And that's what we're talking about this morning. That's what the Bible calls sanctification. Okay? Sanctification. Regeneration, the power of the Holy Spirit making us alive in Christ, opening our eyes to see him and love him. And sanctification, the truth that it is the power of the Holy Spirit again that we need to make us like Christ wholly like him and hungering after him and thirsting after him and, and his word and, and his prayer that we can know him and love him and become like him and experience him. Sanctification. So three questions uh, that we're going to look at this morning. The first is why be holy? And I, I've alluded to it. But I want us to get this phrase. I want you to go go away this morning with this phrase embedded in your mind, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Why be holy? Because it's the only way to know God, to experience God, to see God. Uh, and we're not talking about just you know, an emotional experience. We're talking about a profound, deep, real, growing relationship with the God of the universe. In Philippians 3, Paul said, I want to know him. And it's that same word. I want to experience him, the power of his resurrection. He said, I want to, I want to know him. And, and I want you to just listen, listen as I read what Paul experienced with that longing in his life. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, I, I could boast, although there's nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, and he's talking about himself, caught up into the third heaven, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. I know this, that whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. It's like he can't even explain it. He was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things that no one is permitted to tell. And this guy experienced God, knew God. And we see it all throughout the Bible. If you remember in the book of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, I mean, it's incredible. These guys, because they refused to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's idol, they, they determined to be holy they were thrown into the fiery furnace, heated seven times hotter than it originally had been. And there they are in the midst of that furnace walking around with Jesus himself. Jesus himself experiencing God. Think of Enoch who walked with God, Abraham who talked with God, Moses who, who met with God face to face. And then I think of songwriters. I just songs were running through my head of people who experienced God and, and give us words so we can express an experience of God too. Oh, how I love Jesus. 
Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are on me, I lost the last phrase. What's that? Your grace abounds to me. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Doesn't that allure you? The experiences of these, these people who have experienced God and know God, and they know a joy that none of us has known if we haven't known this same joy because I, the world cannot offer the same joy. <laughs> Movies and video games and, 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 and sex and money and power and pleasure and possessions, they, they can't offer what these people are writing about and, and we sing about. It's like what Samuel Swamer, pioneer missionary to Muslims in, in, in the Arabian Peninsula, after years, 50 years of sacrifice and, 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 and deprivation, he said, the sheer joy of it all comes back to me. <laughs> He's a guy that knew God. The sheer joy of it because, because he knew God. That's the starting point. Why be holy? is because we can know God. We can walk with him and talk with him and, and know his beauty and know his love shed abroad in our hearts like Dale Moody who said, God, stay your hand. I'm going to explode. We can know God if we're holy. Does it allure you? Does it entice you or... Or have, have the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the things that attract us, the pride of life has got such a hold on us that we can't even glimpse what is truly beautiful. Why be holy? Because we can experience God only if we're holy. Number two, what does it mean to be holy? Just to, to talk about it for a second. What does it mean to be holy? It means to be wholly set apart to God. Wholly His. Wholly wanting Him. Wanting what He wants. Doing what He says. I think the Olympics is a good illustration. And... Uh, you know, Meryl Davis and Charlie White, a lot of us have heard their names because of them winning the gold and ice dancing in the Olympics. They are such a great illustration of this. Any, any, how, any of you know how long they worked? 17 years. 17 years. <laughs> right now, right now, Daniel's struggling with them being his idol. I just want you to know. <laughs> 17 years, 
17 years. You get that? That's what it means to be holy. I want to see 17 years of practicing hours every day. Strict discipline and diets, absolute obedience to their coach, falls and frustrations and failures four years ago, a silver in the Olympics, and yet four more years for 17 years. Holy, holy, dedicated and disciplined. For what? For the gold. For the gold. Do we understand the gold of knowing the Lord and experiencing the Lord? That's the one I want us to get. The gold, that's the gold. That's way better than a gold medal. As, as amazing as that is, I wouldn't have minded winning one myself. <laughs> but the pleasure and the privilege and the presence of knowing God and experiencing God. What is holiness? It's holy, like Meryl Davis and Charlie White. That's 17 years of sacrifice and discipline in order to achieve that, that goal. In 1 Peter 1, 2, it says that the sanctifying work of the Spirit, let me, let me just read it for you right here. Paul, Peter says, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying, that's making holy work of the Holy Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ. To be obedient to Jesus Christ. Why holy? So we can see the Lord. What is holiness? I mean, fundamentally, holiness is obedience. It's obedience. Okay, let's just look a few minutes at 1 Thessalonians 4 here. And I jotted down just four things from these verses that holiness means. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, it says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, and that means holy. Okay, same word. It is God's will that you should be holy. And this is how he lays it out, that you should avoid sexual immorality. And that's any intimacy that is not between a man and a woman in marriage. Avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And that's, so holiness means Self-control versus, you know, Nike's slogan, just do it. <laughs> not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. Not in passionate lust. Wanting what is not ours to want, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life. Not wanting what is not ours to want. That's what lust is. But being content with what we have. Not wanting another man or woman. Not wanting possessions or position or, or, or something else that we shouldn't want. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the eyes. Not... And it's, in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. Inconsiderate, selfish, unkind. 
It says, the Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Not impure. And I'd like you to just think, not impure in our thoughts, but holy in our thoughts. Not impure in our actions or our words or our reading or our watching or our listening or in the or in the places we go to because God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life why <laughs> so we can know him do these things seem impossible i i think for most of us they they should it's like that it's not impossible <laughs> But, you know, I imagine the thought of winning a gold after 17 years could have seemed impossible too, right? Like, after all we've done and after all of our hours, thousands of hours of practice, is it even possible? With the Canadians as our competition who are always winning the gold. But the good news is that holiness in order to see the Lord, isn't accomplished through our own sheer will and determination, but through the power of the Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 4, it goes on, it says, Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you His Holy Spirit and gives us His Holy Spirit so that we can be holy. You notice He's called the Holy Spirit? so that we can be holy, so that we can see the Lord, experience the Lord. How can we be holy? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I just want to read a verse and then, which to me just kind of captures it. In Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 14, Paul says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, He's praying, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in his love may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp, to see, to experience how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, human knowledge. It's got to be through the power of the Holy Spirit that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. <laughs> that we may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God that we can see the Lord. We can know the Lord. We can experience the Lord. How can we be holy? Only through that power of the Holy Spirit that we plead for, that we pray for, that Him making us holy, we can know God. So, some questions. The first one is, I want you to really ask yourself, do I want to see God? Do you want to see God? Do you want to know God? 
does that allure you to, does that entice you? Or have you been, become so consumed with the pleasures of this world that you can't see what true pleasure really is, what true beauty really is, what, what true love really is? I plead with you to, to want to see God. The second is, do you want to be holy? If being in the presence of God, as it says in Psalm 16, is fullness of joy, I want us to see then that the, then the pursuit of holiness is really the pursuit of true happiness. Because it's the pursuit of holiness, knowing God and, and being God's people, not friends of the world, but friends of God that lead us into his presence and to really know him and experience him. This, the last one is, are, are we willing to do what it takes to be holy? Obedient? Praying? Depending upon the Holy Spirit? I'd just like to end with a couple testimonies here. A few years ago, I met a guy. I really liked him. Uh, just a neat guy. He was a he was a great piano player and a singer, and he wrote and sang worship songs. But there was there was one problem. He loved smoking marijuana more, and that's what he told me. He told me just he says I love marijuana, and that love became his love and led him away from a love for the Lord. It actually led him to that, and, I, and, and it's really love, I, his loss, that led him to other lusts, and his life just became filled with lusting after the things of the world, kind of like Demas, as Paul says, he, having loved this present world, he, he, he just, he left. And he ended up no longer pursuing Jesus. Things get a hold on us, don't they? The things of the world, they get their clutches on us. And the thought of pursuing holiness and experiencing the Lord as Dale Moody did or, or Samuel Swamer did or, or uh, probably can seem pretty remote to us, maybe pretty impossible. Uh, but I want to remind us today that the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than the power of those lusts and loves that have their grip on us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit and through prayer, we can become holy and know the Lord. And so I've discovered it in a new way myself just within the last weeks. The Holy Spirit drawing me back into a pursuit of holiness and experience in the Lord. You know, I'd, I'd gotten into the rut of working late, really late into the morning. And to relax at the end of that time, I, I, I got into this rut of, you know, Netflix and Hulu and Crackle and, and Google and Sports Illustrated, you know, relaxing by watching, and I'm not saying, again, that there's anything wrong with those things, 
But for me, it became a rut. It became something that got its clutches into me. And, and, um, and it was dramatically impacting and affecting my time with the Lord, my experiencing of God. But thanks to the working of the Holy Spirit in my life, uh, December 30th, God knocked me off my feet, literally. Um, I got a severe leg infection uh, that coursed through my body, and for six weeks, I was pretty much laid up. Um, and, and had time to learn again to be still and know that God is God, to make prayer a priority and to learn again to depend upon the Holy Spirit and, and, and long for the Holy Spirit to lead me to becoming a holy person, a person that was holy God's and, and to know God and enjoy God. But it felt like learning Arabic, to be honest. I was eager for it, but it, it seemed really hard, and it wasn't easy. And, and, and the, for the, these weeks' process were, were a process of wanting him and, and, and being allured to know him more, and yet the clutches of those things, and, and you might laugh at me and say, oh, those, that's silly, but we all have those things that get their little clutches in us, right? and keep us from being wholly His and, and knowing and experiencing Him and His incredible beauty and His incredible presence instead of the things that are so such cheap imitations. And so for me, it came with the, the prayer, Holy Spirit, help. <laughs> I want you, but you have to help me want you. I mean, I just felt like I wanted it, but I, I couldn't even, I didn't even have the power to do it. But that's the beauty of it. It isn't my own sheer will, but it's, his power helping me and helping you want it and do it and because I'm fickle and I, I give up easily. I, I'm Merrill Davis and Charlie, well, that's pretty incredible, <laughs> 17 years. Most of us aren't like that. And for me, it's, it's been wonderful. <laughs> As I've asked the Holy Spirit to help me to help me want him and to help me to wholly seek him and depend upon him, little by little, little by little, I become increasingly obedient and wholly his and, and knowing the joy of knowing him more and more. I, I want him. I want holiness now more than ever before because I, I want him. I want to experience him. It was like... and. And that's what I want for us. That's what I want for you. I, I, I want you to know I'm not under any illusions that I got this figured out. <laughs> uh, I know that, that it's a daily depending upon the Holy Spirit in order to help me to be wholly His so that I can know Him and experiencing Him. But I'm excited. You know, things that once had a hold on me, they're being broken. And with increasing pursuit of holiness, there's this increasing enjoyment and experiencing of God. And that's what I want for us. Um, so I'm going to pray. Uh, if, if, if this has touched a chord in you and, and 
and while we sing and and uh, break bread together, if you would like to come and 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 pray with me, or you'd like to just come and pray, and just a fresh say, God, I want you. Uh, I'd invite you to do that. You can do it where you're sitting. You can do it at home. But I, I invite us. I invite us to have a fresh longing to be holy so that we can know him. Let's pray. God, you are, you are beautiful. And probably so many of us have lost sight of that beauty. We've been so dazzled by the, the fleeting beauty of the world. We've lost sight of what is truly beautiful, what is truly amazing, what is truly stunning. God, open our eyes, woo us, entice us afresh to live holy lives that we might afresh know you. God, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for what Jesus did on the cross that makes this all possible. In Jesus' name, amen.